Kate Wheeler, and I am here with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are excited to tell you about our first guest, Joan Kelly Walker from the Real Housewives of Toronto is here in studio, and she will be joining us to talk about what's going on with season two, some of her tips and tricks for ageless beauty, her philanthropic efforts, and what's next. I guess our invitations to her annual dog party got lost in the mail. Or, no, you went. Yes. Oh, yes. Mine got lost in the mail. Yes. She has nothing to say about that. <laughs> well, you didn't know her before. Uh, that's true, but maybe maybe not. Well, could, you could have taken me as your date. I mean, really. You just didn't want me to see what goes on at the dog party, right? <laughs> Actually, it's it's by and large innocent. What goes on behind... By and by large. By and large. What goes on in the backwoods is really nobody's concern, uh, right? Absolutely. And anyway, I'm a big fan of these um, Real Housewives uh, series, and I watch them. Mm. So uh, yeah, guilty it's a guilty pleasure. pleasure. I, the Aussie one was quite uh, quite good. Aussie. I have, Aussie. Aussie. Yeah, I haven't Aussie. seen it. Aussie. I haven't seen it back. It's not back? I, I haven't seen it back. I haven't seen it back. But I, we'll yeah. see. Author, stand-up comedian, and radio personality Charlie Demers has a new comedy album, and it's described as two-thirds jokes about a man raising a daughter and one-third jokes about fascists. Yep, that's it, fascists. Yes, <laughs> well, small children can be quite tyrannical at Absolutely. Times. And he will be here to explain and tell us some of the stories featured in Fatherland. Musicologist Eric Alper is talking fascinating early bands of future music legends in On the Record. And film critic Anne Brody brings us an interview with Kristen Lehman, the star of Netflix's, Netflix's highly anticipated sci-fi spectacle called Altered Carbon. Woo. Toronto-based author Anne Ansa Grant is going to tell us about the second installment of her spiritual warfare novel book, Walking Through the Flames, and singer-songwriter Tringa performs her original track, Go, in our live studio sessions. And of course, it is Super Bowl Sunday. The big game between the Philadelphia Eagles and New England Patriots kicks off at 6.30 with Justin Timberlake headlining the halftime show, What Can Go Wrong? (laughs) I wonder if he'll bring any special guests uh, with him on stage. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. If you haven't yet, follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and check out our website, whatshesaidtalk.com, where you can watch videos, read blogs, subscribe to our iTunes podcast, and listen to past shows for free. You can also sign up for our VIP list for info on guests, contests, and giveaways. Oh my. So stick around. Joan Kelly Walker from Real Housewives of Toronto is up next. What she said will be right back right here on 105.9 The Region. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Well, you know her from the Real Housewives of Toronto. Joining us now in studio is the one and only Joan Kelly Walker. Welcome to What She Said. Well, thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you with us. We've all watched the show, and we're dying to know all about season two. There is going to be a season two, right? Because it was 
in flux there for a little yeah. bit. Well, you know, it was kind of back and forth. And to be perfectly honest, I'm just as curious as everybody else about that. And uh, the one thing I can say is that there's been such an outcry that people want to see season two. All the fans all over social media are reaching out and have been incredibly supportive. So it's very exciting. And we just have to wait and see what happens. So when do you when will you know? I don't know. Are you They're saying not you don't us. know? Or do you have a I'm secret you're not telling us? Well, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all we know. Joan, this is just between girls. Yes. Just people yes. say a word. All the girls and yes. all the other people listening. Yeah. She's, yeah, no, that's honestly, she told that's two all friends I know. And she told two friends. Yes. I know because we had um, Jana on. Yes. And she was saying that they were, she was waiting in the next few weeks. And we had Kara on and she said she's not going back. So, (laughs) but then I heard she said she wanted to. So, you know, I don't know. They might introduce some new characters. They might. No, I I heard that they wanted to do one in the winter. Yes, to make it look more like Canada. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't heard that. That's summer. a new one. Is that there a new is one? all kinds of stories going around out there, and that's that one was news to me. Do you watch the others, the others of the franchise? Since I've done the show, if I'm flipping channels and I come across it, I, I will stop, and I'm not totally addicted to them. I watch the Beverly Hills one more because... I have met Lisa Rinna several mm-hmm. times, so I'm always interested to see what she's up to. I always love her hair. I always think she's she got great, great hair. Great yeah. hair. Great hair. Yeah. You like the Melbourne, the one from Australia. Well, I, I, I just watched that. I just find it, it's like my escape time. Like, for the Housewives of Toronto, it was different because I had, I, 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 I knew or knew of, you know. People and but the landscape. Exactly. Yeah. And the landscape. And I have actually been to your party. Yes. <laughs> Your summer party in, in Muskoka. You've, so you've been to the dock party? I've been to the dock party. Oh, and, survived. and survived. And survived. And survived. And did you come home with all your clothes? More <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I think it's kind of live and let live at that party. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes it there's is. There's no judgment and you can... That's right. Yeah, but there's nothing crazy no, that happens crazy. at that party. It's I mean, people dance of... in the lake and, you know, it's shallow. That's totally fine. Yeah. And, you know, there is a lost and found at my cottage, too, <laughs> yeah. where... The, you know, there's yeah. lots of things, flip-flops, sunglasses, hats, articles of clothing. Yep. Okay. It happens. So, but one of the things we need to do, and, and everyone does with all the shows, is keep an eye on the fashions and the looks. And you've got to be, you know, on top of your game. Those cameras are, are with you all the time. So let's talk a little bit about your regimen for, for Ageless Beauty. Okay. Well, you know, first... Yeah, first of all, I want to talk about fashion because that's like super crazy exciting. Um, I'm working towards launching a brand of uh, the Joan Kelly Walker brand of ladies apparel, which has a humanitarian twist. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Stay tuned for that. No, let's hear about this. Humanitarian twist? Yes. Well, you know, I'm a big philanthropist and a huge supporter of World Vision, among other Mm -hmm. charities. So uh, that's one of the motivations that I've wanted to do this. I I wore this in the World Vision necklace. Beautiful. Love it. Thank you for wearing that and for purchasing it and talking about uh, World Vision. Um, So, yeah, this has been a lifelong dream of mine to marry those two things together, philanthropy and fashion. And I love fashion and I love beauty and I love, um, you know, empowering women to feel great and to look after themselves. So will the line, how will the line connect? Will there be a, a donation from everything bought that goes to the charity or how does it work? Well, you know, of course, I'm not supposed to talk too much uh, about this okay. at this point, but yeah. uh, yes, I will tell you. Yes, <laughs> that sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people, people feel good buying something beautiful and they feel good that, it, that part of it's going yeah. to, to something um, that is, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Something exactly. that's helping yeah. other people, exactly. and that's a huge motivation. Yeah. But, you know, I also want to empower women to, you know, to do what they can to feel good. And if, if you can purchase, uh, you know, ethically, and, and that gives you a boost from inside, I think that's super important. Uh, but also, you know, there's lots of things that we can be doing to make ourselves feel uh, and look better. And I think um, confidence is one of those things that that is beautiful at any age. So Absolutely. confidence and, and for me, you know, I really try and look after myself, even though I have a black eye today from skiing. Um, you know, I try and look after myself. I eat well, I sleep well, I do all those things. But, you know, um, 
I want to talk about Wrestling Skin Boosters because I was very excited when they asked me to be their new Canadian spokesperson. Mm-hmm. The spokesperson in Europe for the past 12 years uh, was Sharon Stone. So I'm in really good company. That's really yeah. good company. Yes. And Wrestling Skin Boosters is new to Canada. So this is a whole new thing. And so a lot of people are just hearing about it for the first what time. Is it? What is, is it? Is it a filler? Is it... Well, you know, it's a hyaluronic acid base, which is naturally occurring in your skin. And uh, the treatments that I focused on was the neck and the back of the hands, because there's all kinds of things you can do, facials and laser and other toxins and things on your face. But I found that those were two areas that, you know, girls, women, uh, you know, over 40, all of a sudden, like I looked at my hands and I was like, what is going on exactly here? Mm -hmm. And my neck too. So I wanted to pay attention to those bodies parts that were kind of neglected. Mm -hmm. So the treatments that I did were my neck and the back of my hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a series of three treatments. And the hyaluronic acid works like a little water bomb that absorbs water that's in your skin to kind of fill out and smooth those fine lines and wrinkles. So it's Attacking the crepey look. It's attacking the crepey look and they call them jewelry lines. And for me... You know, I have thin skin. I'm a thin white woman, and things were just sort of not sitting the way that they used to. So, honestly, I had friends say to me, I don't know what you're doing, but you look good. And I don't want to look like I've had a bunch of work done. Mm -hmm. I want to just put my best foot forward. And, you know, I'm not telling everybody they need to go and do injectables. I'm saying, you know, this is something that has been very effective Mm -hmm. and uh, and really not a difficult or painful procedure. And a lot of people, I think, are are changing their views or, or even acquiring views in the first place about injectables not being plastic surgery. Yes. This is something that more and more people are talking about. And it's not permanent, which right. is also really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can control. They even have some now that you can dissolve if you thought that something was a little over the top. Oh, wow. They can, yeah, so they can change all kinds of things yeah. were there. But you, the backs of the hands is... is is, is a big it, one. That's a yeah, big one because you get big one. so much sun exposure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a cottage, we have boats, we're, we're constantly out in the sun. And that was something that was just, uh, you know, needing a little bit more attention. Now, what other things happen when you change too? Are you going to talk about, you've got long hair. Yes. Um, I've got long hair. You're sort of medium. Mine's verging on long now. But a lot of people think you shouldn't have long hair after you you turn 50. Yeah, you know, I I would just say it is up to everybody individually Mm -hmm. how they feel great. And, you know, it's like the way that you look after yourself, you exercise, you smoke, you do all Mm -hmm. those things. If you feel good in long hair, then wear long hair. There's no rule that says if you have a baby, you have to cut your hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people look fantastic in short hair. I don't know if I'm one of those people because I've always had long hair. I really enjoy my long hair. So I wouldn't tell people just because they're of a certain age that they need to go and cut their hair. Although I have to say, I used to work at the Weather Network and I had long hair. I was their morning anchor and they wanted it to look more anchor-like. So they cut That's it. That was the day of the bob. That was the day of the bob. Yeah. Yeah. And we all had the same bob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For a few yeah. years there. But look at everybody's wearing all these clip-in hair. too now so that's really fun so what is your must-have accessory you know in canada in canada right now this time of year it's so cold i have a black car i have a black coat everything seems to be dark i think injecting color is really fun and and really important to just give life to your outfit so this is very exciting to talk about, you know, this is great for your tips, but we're really excited about your upcoming line. Thank coming you. Coming out now, and hopefully we'll, um, we will be seeing more of you on the show season two. Season two. And when you launch the line, yeah, come back before I you launch the line to. so we can get our, because I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people, you know. I would love to contribute to buy something that contributes to something. Thank you. And they're beautiful, elegant clothing, too. Absolutely. This is what she said on 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com/tc or call. 416-800-2222. 
416-340-7270. Do your research. Too many people go into the gym without adequate knowledge with regards to form. Many begin their journey without a plan either. Consider this. Would you begin a road trip with no GPS? Why do the same with your fitness journey? It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you don't have the time to do the research on your own, consult the experts. At Turf Athletic Club, not only do we offer personal training, we also offer free fitness guidance and counseling as part of the membership. Come see us at 31 Javelin Drive in Vaughan. Turf Athletic Club can help you become the best version of yourself. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. York Region, this is your radio station, 1059 The Region. Better days, better days, I'm not so far Welcome back to What She Said. The new comedy album from author, stand-up comedian, and radio personality Charlie Demers is billed as two-thirds jokes about a man raising a daughter and one-third jokes about fascists. He joins us in studio right now to explain. Welcome to What She Said, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And that, to explain, I feel like, uh, yeah, to be called to account for yeah, the, well, uh, you know, thematic choices. Fatherland yes. is, is the name, and it conjures up all kinds of um, things. How did you come up with it? Yeah, so uh, I knew that, uh, so I, my daughter, uh, Josephine, who um, uh, we named after Stalin, uh, <laughs> was uh, is, has just turned four at the beginning of this month, and uh, I knew that it was getting close to time for me to uh, retire some of the uh, brand new baby material Mm -hmm. uh so the prenatal courses the breastfeeding class uh because you know some of us needed to have it explained to us um and uh i just uh, wanted to uh uh, put it all down um but at the same time uh in with all of the typical parenting anxieties there's this new anxiety of uh the re-emergence of uh uh these fellows who we thought we had left behind maybe in 1945 uh uh, uh, of the uh, fascist variety, and uh, and, we're, so, and we're equating the fascist with your four-year-old daughter. Uh, oh, no, because no. Is, is she like a little mini fascist? No, uh, no, no. Four-year-olds not. can be, you know. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, the um, oh. the I would say the biggest difference between uh, fascists and my daughter is that it's it, it's worth the effort to resist fascism. <laughs> uh, I would say in front of my daughter, you pre- you pretty much just have to uh, you have to accept it. Um, but uh, yeah, just it, it's uh, my daughter is of um, a mixed ancestry. Um, I'm in a, a culturally mixed marriage. I'm from Vancouver, and my wife's from Toronto. And uh, <laughs> that'll our, do it every time. <laughs> yeah. um, our daughter is, uh, you know, our daughter is uh, half half white and half Chinese, and uh, I'm raising her in this world where, uh, yeah, there are some. Uh, there's this reemergence of this very toxic and mm-hmm. Of the uh, political spectrum, you know, we're on hol- uh, holidays in um, Hawaii uh, a year ago, and we're at a food truck, and this guy gets out of a car, to, and he's got a swastika tattoo on his uh, on his arm, and it's you know Hawaii, so we can see his arms. Uh, he's sleeveless, and uh, he gets out of his car, and we see this you know Nazi tattoo on him, and just kind of staggered by it. And then he goes to the food truck and he orders a taco. And then I thought, well, that's offside. If you're a Nazi, <laughs> at least uh, you're not. You don't get to build the wall, but toss us a few of those delicious <laughs> tortillas before. So um, it's just that kind of. Uh, it's an album that's sort of about being a parent in in this very kind of strange time and place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this is a time and place where uh, you know a lot of comedians have been scolded for doing 
politically incorrect comedy, if you will. So sure. how have you crafted this in such a way that it's not sort of all shock value? Yeah, and I, and I would say, uh, despite the sort of track listings, uh, what, what they might suggest, I mean, a few of these, you know, there's a track called Pastry Racists, uh, a track called Taco Nazi, uh, that, as you can imagine, that's a, who that's about, mm-hmm. uh, the fellow I was just describing. Um, but I would say it's, it's not... Uh, I, I don't consider myself a shock value comedian and, and uh, very little of the humor on the album, I think, actually does come from that sort of uh, shock place. Um, a big part of the way that you craft those jokes, I guess, is that you go out uh, night after night and uh, you're engaging with audiences and finding out where they're at and how much of these anxieties you have that they share. Um, and I think one of the ways that you can responsibly make jokes about Nazis is to always do it in a way that uh, refuses to let them become sort of a normal part of life. Uh, that, to me, is the great... Um, that would be the greatest danger right now, is to do any jokes that minimize that threat or make that threat seem like it's, it's just part of, uh, part of an everyday situation. Whereas if you can tell jokes that keep that anxiety alive in a way, uh, make sure to remind people just how abnormal and abhorrent uh, these beliefs are, uh, that maybe, you know, you... you you can you can do those jokes in a way that's not uh, going for sort of cheap shock. Well, tell us about some of the other topics you tackle on this record. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a big part of it is just uh, the the learning curve of uh, being a a young father and and you know realizing what you do need to sort out, what you don't need to sort out. You know, I talk about the the first time that I ever um, <clears throat> uh, I left my daughter to be babysat by uh, my aunt, and uh, you know I had that new dad obsession of making sure every. Everybody knew that I had thought through all the possible contingencies of how the evening might go. You know, I said to her, here's the diapers. And now my aunt, she's only had sons. And so I wanted to make sure. Now, you know, when you're changing a baby girl, uh, you have to always be sure to wipe uh, away um, from the... Front to uh, back. Yeah. Fr- and uh, my aunt said, uh, yeah, um, I have a little bit of experience uh, uh, with... Um, uh, Wiping front to back, I uh, have a vagina. And uh, so that was uh, a, a moment of kind of realizing that maybe there was a certain amount of uh, male arrogance in explaining um, that typical uh, that uh, hygiene strategy. Um, uh, there's a story on the album about uh, my daughter's uh, walnut allergy. Uh, we uh, found out on a trip to Berlin uh, that my daughter has a fairly severe uh, reaction to walnuts. We took an ambulance. We get to the hospital. They, you know, sort everything out and then sit us down with this allergist who tells us, you know, uh, you will now have to travel with an EpiPen. Um, do you know how they work? Uh, you have to inject the needle into the muscular part of the baby's thigh. I don't know if you spent a lot of time around 18-month-olds recently, but they're not famous for the muscular <laughs> definition of their legs. And so uh, it's a lot, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of stuff just from, uh, from the life of a, of a young parent. So you, we mentioned you're also an author. What mm-hmm. do you find hardest to write, fiction, nonfiction, or stand-up? That's a very good question. Uh, if, if, if you were to... If, if you're looking at just sort of pure um, production of material, stand-up is the hardest in mm-hmm. the sense that it is it is absolutely boiled down to its essence. So you could take um, uh, you could take uh, several weeks to put together a joke that probably if you wrote it down would only be three or four hundred words mm-hmm. uh, if if it took you several re- weeks to write three or four hundred words of of uh, fiction or nonfiction uh, you'd probably be wanting to look for another job are you a disciplined <laughs> writer do you write every day or do you write uh, when the mood takes you <clears throat> that's uh, it, it depends on deadlines uh, if I have adrenaline uh, I, junkie. I, I do work well with a deadline <laughs> Um, I carry, a, a, you know, my phone with me is a is a is a, a constant notebook, dictating ideas and and uh, you do have to be disciplined about responding to those imaginative bursts. If you think you'll remember something, 
you won't. And so uh, I do have to I do have to make sure that I, I get things down as they come. Well, he hasn't taken any notes here. <laughs> no, so he might hasn't. be safe. <laughs> Where can people get Fatherland? Uh, so uh, Fatherland is available uh, in the sort of million different ways that people are getting albums now. And one of the ways in which the comedy album as a form has been brought back. So you can get it on iTunes, you can get it on Google Play, Apple Music. And we also have physical copies uh, on CD. Uh, the vinyl is coming soon. Vinyl? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So for any time travelers Fatherland out there. Fatherland and yeah. all its full <laughs> audio <laughs> quality. Exactly. <laughs> So would they go on your website? Or? Uh, they can go to uh, 604 uh, uh, Records, uh, which is uh, my record label. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, if you've uh, bought any uh, Carly Rae Jepsen lately, that's the, uh, that's the space. So uh, as you're in uh, restocking on Call Me Maybe, uh, pick, up, uh, pick up Fatherland if you don't mind. Well, Charlie Demers, thank you very much for joining us today. And uh, good luck with your little up and coming one <laughs> thank you so much for having me this is what she said stay with us feeding the family got you frantic as feeding two teenage boys i mean at the end of the week that's all i really want to do is save some money on my groceries is your fridge ever actually full oh my no. <laughs> i think i'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler not only was it so much fun but it was super easy and even my kids when we cut into it last night they even looked at it and they were like mom you made this I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. For the vast majority of people, there is something about how they look that they are less than happy with. For me, it was my smile. I took a tumble down the stairs when I was a child, losing both of my front teeth, resulting in a very lopsided smile. Fast forward 20 plus years. With my wedding fast approaching, I decided to check out the possibility of having this fixed. Dr. Cohen, the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry, gave me a smile that has not disappeared since I had the work done. After years of simply grinning, my wedding picture shows me smiling broadly. Maple Ridge Dentistry is affordable, fast, and makes the process easy. If your smile does not represent you in the best light, call Dr. Coe at 905-832-9008. Let the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry give you a smile you love. Go online at mapleridgedentistry.ca and change how the world sees you. Tell them Michael sent you. All right, listeners, we're broadcasting here live at the community center where your local biker gang is holding a special bake sale to raise money. All the proceeds will go towards bringing more drugs, guns, and violence into the community. So come by and try some of Shotgun Steve's famous pecan pie. If you can't make it, don't worry. You can still show your support by purchasing some contraband cigarettes. Profits from contraband cigarettes support organized crime. Stop the violence and call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Remember, you stay anonymous. Criminals don't. Yeah, man, it's me, Glenmore, the goldfish, back again to tell you about True Pet in Richmond Hill. So here it is, brethren. If you love your pet, make sure you get everything they need from True Pet. They got all the best food and toys your pet gonna love. Visit online at truepet.ca. I read... 1059 The Region, growing with you and your family. And joining us now for On the Record is Eric Alper. And today we're talking about fascinating early bands of future music legends. And what was Reggie up to before he became Elton John? Well, I usually tell bands who released their first album that as great as you may think it is, it's probably not that great. Because the first hundred songs that anybody decides to write are usually pretty bad when you take a look back at it. And that's a classic example. That is how Sir Elton John sounded in his first band called Bluesology. He says that it sounded beyond dreadful back in 1965, although that he was barely 18. Elton, back then, he was known as Reginald Dwight, was a seasoned pro. He's played on a lot of records before, and he just didn't, 
he just couldn't make that success of it. After the band split back in 1967, he answered an ad in New Music Express magazine looking for a new songwriting talent. And he was paired up with a young poet named Bernie Taupin. And the rest, they say, is history. Okay, that's Madonna. That is Madonna. According to legend, Madonna arrived in New York City back in 1978 with $35 in her pocket and survived on popcorn, donuts, and garbage. Literally eating garbage from the dumpster as she tried to make her name for herself as a dancer. And she was so eager to form a band, she recruited drummer Steve Bray, an old boyfriend from Michigan. They formed a band called Emmy, which was Madonna's nickname. And Emmy, though, was not to last. So the band split up virtually unknown but she kept steve at close bay and they ended up writing into the groove true blue and express yourself while madonna was a solo artist Billy Joel? Billy Joel as a metal guy. He formed Attila back in 1969. Attila! Attila the Hun! Attila the Hun! And he now says that that band was the worst crap I've ever heard in my life. What he did was he rigged his Hammond organ to a Marshall amp to make it sound like a wah-wah pedal and sounded like a little bit of a bad version of Led Zeppelin. He says, people were fleeing from our shows. We were so loud, you could see the blood coming from out of people's ears. It was just horrible. Oh, oh dear. Okay, Neil Young and Rick James. Together. I would never have put them together. Never, but they formed a band called the Minor Birds after Rick James escaped to Canada trying to get away from the draft that was happening back in 1964. He got involved with the local music scene in Toronto and Yorkville specifically and formed a band called the Minor Birds. Also hanging around Yorkville at the time was Neil Young and he was trying to kickstart his solo career but that wasn't going so well so he joined the band because he thought this is a regular paying gig. They released, um, they, they, they recorded an album, they released a single but it didn't go anywhere Soon after that, Rick James was found out as a military deserter, sent to prison, and the single was withdrawn. And Rick James, now we know him as the super freak. Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Although that we now know Michael Bolton as a blue-eyed soul stir, he recorded his first album back in 1968, and it didn't go so well either. He tried many, many configurations. He was a solo artist. He joined band. But it wasn't until 1977 that his manager told him to go form this new band called Blackjack, following in the footsteps of the really popular music of the day, which was Journey and Foreigner. The album hit number 127 on the Billboard charts, but it wasn't good enough the record label dropped them and it wasn't until 15 years later where Michael Bolton broke through he's now sold over 75 million copies and I really don't no. have one of them <laughs> no, no me neither 75 million and one after this segment I know Eric Alpa as always thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me We'll be right back here at 105.9 The Region. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. When Candace Derricks tells people where to go, they listen. 
Mm. An all-inclusive is sounding pretty nice right now. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see food and travel and exactly, what else. right? There's nothing else in life. It's food and no. travel as far as I'm concerned. So you want to do all your investigation up front. These are really, really, really good tips. Pleasantville is on our bucket list. <laughs> We've got expert travel tips and tricks from Candace at lifeinpleasantville.com. Weekends on What She Said Talk. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 105.9 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday! Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh! Sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Joining us now is our film critic, Anne Brody, who has brought us an interview with Kristen Lehman, the star of Netflix's highly anticipated sci-fi spectacle called Altered Carbon. Tell us what it's about. It's about people who die but are prevented from actually dying because their spirits are put into the spines of another body. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you live forever. And, and Kristen's character, do you remember her in Motive? She was the lead in Motive, that terrific series. Right. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's about the uh, all the machinations and highs and lows of living in that kind of future society where you never die. Well, let's listen. Of course, the strange thing about Altered Carbon is in 300 years, being able to put your personality into another being might happen. That's what I find terrifying. Let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it doesn't. When they just, Please don't do that. <laughs> like no, you, like you have to say. Yeah, I don't. No. I hope it doesn't happen. I'm fine with dying things. <laughs> I know when I see things like the sheep that was being the lamb in the, the yeah. sack and the. It's so difficult to ride the line between medical advancement and what and the the way that technology can ease suffering. Also, right. is so compelling and. That's sort of what Altered Carbon explores in the notion that some people's suffering is eased and others are not. In our show, there's the themes are age-old. Betrayal, yeah. murder, passion, uh, love, triumphs and failures that are very human-based, despite the fact that we're able to download our consciousness and put it into any body that we want, should we be so lucky. Right. I spoke to a woman, um, a technical anthropologist, a few years ago, and she said, you know, the computer's big, but not to worry. Nothing else is going to happen like this in our lifetime. And I found a certain comfort in that. Yes, but, but it I don't know. Already, I, she may be wrong. There's robots and stuff now <laughs> yeah. that are, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> that's, the part, that's part of the reason why I think the notion of living in the 25th century, being able to live for 300 or 500 years, would be so ultimately maddening and, and our anti-heroes really have gone mad with leisure and wealth and excess and the sort of grand scope that our hero is dealing with played by Joel Kinnaman um, is adapting to a world that has changed since he, his cortical oh. stack went down on ice so I feel like it's one thing to talk about being able to physically move and thrive for 500 years. But I don't know what the human psyche would be like after 500 years. I think that you would be mad. You would well, truly be mad. Your character, for instance, she's been married to this uh, unpleasant man for 100 years. For more than 100 years. So what, what James Purefoy, who plays Lawrence Bancroft, and I spoke of is that, that these two people have utterly accepted each other that they know that they're not all one way and that there's a certain amount of resignation to their lives um, that is like a roller coaster where sometimes you're venerated and other times you're absolutely abhorred. And that is um, just playing the utter complexity of being not just one thing with each other. You'd have to, you'd have, to have that that acceptance, then your enemy of that acceptance is also discussed with each other. Yeah. So there's, you know, apathy and also acceptance in being married for 500 years or 300 years or, you know. 
And it's so tough for an actor to make it, particularly a Canadian actor on a sort of international scale. Mm-hmm. But you've done it. Thank you. And I just wonder what it, how you did it. Like, oh, what is it about you? I, I want you to tell me so that I can <laughs> bottle it and make sure I keep it. I think, um, you know, I approach my, my work the way all actors approach their work is that I have a skill set and I'm a journeyman actor. I go where the work is and I hopefully my my own aesthetic, my own choices, my own values, my own integrity, my own vitality is enlivened by the material that comes to yes. me. And hopefully I can bring those attributes to material. And, um, you know, there's a whole world that has entirely to do with making wise business decisions, yeah. some of which I feel I've made, some of which uh, I have not, and I don't regret it. Um, it's all part of the process. It's just part right? of life. That's right. Learning. If, uh, so much of it is, some of it is talent. Some of it is um, having the people who support you, like your agents and your lawyers and your managers. Um, and some of it is... Uh, hopefully strong work ethic and leadership on set and mm. also the zeitgeist of the moment. I, I wish I could say, I mean, it's a hard go in Canada. It's a hard go in Canada. In the United States, it's a little bit different. In Canada, it's actually harder, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Would you like to do a comedy? Oh, I'd love to do a comedy. <laughs> yes. You do kind of dark stuff a little I'd bit. I'd <laughs> love to do a comedy. I really love I mean, frankly, almost everything I've done, I think, would make a thrilling comedy. Like, Motive, we used to do in between takes. I'm like, this is the best comedy. Shouldn't we just turn this into a comedy? Like, just we'll do the same lines, but we'll just do it as a comedy. <laughs> just think about it. Or you're watching Alter Carbon. Watch it and get swept up in it. And it's so tense and emotional. Now imagine it as a comedy. It's not that hard, actually, to tell you the truth. Because real pathos is also in comedy. That's right. And, yeah. and they say that comedy and, and tragedy are just so close. So close. So close. But yes. it sounds like a great drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually how lots of actors pass time, actually. That's hysterical. I really mm. like that. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for all your kind words. <laughs> oh, well. I'm I really, really appreciate the obvious. it. Oh, Thank, Thank you. you. Sounds awesome. Thanks so much, Anne. You're welcome. What she said will be right back on 105.9 The Region. (laughs) Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com slash TC or call 416-340-7270. Saturday night at the movies. Saturday night at the movies? Don't know what picture to see? And Brody's got you covered. Did you like the film? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that no. does I love your honesty. <laughs> Films about paranoia, I think they do us a lot of good. Because it's not happening to us. <laughs> I took your mom, Romy. Who loves a good film? We laughed our socks off. I was so bored watching it. (laughs) A film critic who shoots straight from the hip. Saturdays on What She Said Talk. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Welcome back to What She Said. Joining us now is Toronto-based author Anne Ansa Grant, who has just released the sequel to her spiritual warfare novel called Walking Through the Flames. Welcome back, Anne. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it's so great to see you. (laughs) So we had you on the show a few years ago to talk about Soaring Above the Flames, which is the first installment. But first of all, uh, for those that don't know, explain what what spiritual warfare is. Yes, it's this word, this mysterious term that, that people use. Mm-hmm. No, it's really not that complicated. Um, a few years ago, I read a book by a gentleman named Watchman Nee. It's called Spiritual Man. And it, it describes human beings as tripartite beings in that we're mind, we're body, we're spirit. And so in that sense, I always think of it as there's a spiritual realm that also governs our life and influences our life. So spiritual warfare is basically the spiritual realm where you have good and evil, 
demons that work against you to destroy you and angelic forces that defend you. So just everyday life. Yeah, everyday, exactly. <laughs> everyday life, basically. <laughs> Except in my book, it's actually personified. The angels have a name. Uh, the demons have names for each of their afflictions. If it's a violence, then the, the demon is the demon of violence. And it, I actually is there with the person, sort of wrapping its wings around that person and creating this influence in their life that brings about violence. But in, in, in its most basic terms, it would be sort of positive and negative energy. You Absolutely. know how people say, you know, you put something out there and it comes back and yeah. karma and all that stuff. Yes. But you've just, you, you, you were just elaborated on it. At I've a much elaborated on it and made it possible to actually characterize the good and the evil. So what's the premise of the sequel? The premise is, well, basically it is the follow-up to Soaring Above the Flames. In Soaring Above the Flames, the main character in it was, her name was Sayla Brown, and as the title implies, she kind of had to rise above her challenges and her circumstances with walking through the flames. Um, it sort of implies more that she, this, this character is in the fire, this character has to actually be within the flame. She can't rise above it. She has to be able to walk through it and come out of it, not necessarily unscathed, but better somehow for going through the experience. So essentially, this is the second generation. Um, the main character in the first book has now grown up, and she has a child of her own, um, a daughter. And this daughter is now experiencing her own spiritual journey and trying to come into herself in a world that is closer to our time, it's in the 2000s, where as the first mm -hmm. book was in the 1990s, and having to navigate through some of the really serious issues that go on in the world, and um, a lot of the issues that we as women go through, especially young women, she's gonna go through all of that and discover that she has a spiritual power and a gift like her mother um, that she has to sort of try to come into also. So the book is described as taking a keeping it real approach yes. to presenting the experiences of the characters, which can be controversial characters. Very. So is that what you were going going for, the keeping it real? Definitely, because I find a lot of, and I, I'm not knocking a lot of um, Christian-based or spiritual-based books are really very feel-good, very fuzzy, and mm -hmm. very self-helpish. I wanted to deal with some very, very difficult issues that we deal with today that I think a lot of people kind of shy away from. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, in the first book, we dealt with uh, sexual abuse, um, especially childhood sexual abuse uh, in domestically, and we dealt with drug addiction. In this book, we're actually dealing with human trafficking, particularly sex trafficking, which is a major, major issue in the world right now. And what I wanted to bring to light with this is that it's happening in our own backyard. A lot of people think that sex trafficking and human trafficking is a third world problem or something mm -hmm. that happens in underdeveloped countries, but we actually have a huge sex trafficking problem, particularly with underage girls in our own cities. Is this, now this is definitely a departure, as you said, from the popular Christian self-help genre. Absolutely. Do you still consider it a Christian book? <laughs> I say spiritual warfare as opposed to Christian because I think the minute you attach the word Christian, Christian to it, you to create it, yeah. an exclusivity. And I don't like that. This is a book that is about the human condition. It absolutely has a strong, strong biblical premise. Right. Absolutely. And I'm a very much a woman of faith. But at the same time, I want this to be something that's accessible to everybody. Um, because, again, it talks about the human condition, what goes on in our lives. But people are reluctant to talk about faith. Still, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think, like, I love C.S. Lewis and I love mm -hmm. J.R.R. Tolkien. I love the way that they create stories that have a biblical premise, but it's in such an entertaining format, such a relatable format that a lot of times you even forget that or you don't even realize that, that Aslan is God but yeah. you get the moral <laughs> yeah. lesson of it Absolutely. you get yeah. the concept of good and evil and that good overpowers evil and so I like that I feel like my books are a little bit more in your face with the <laughs> biblical part like I actually start each chapter with a biblical scripture that sort of is the overall theme of each chapter but at the same time I use biblical parallels in the story that are told in such a way that anybody anybody can read this mm -hmm. and relate to it without feeling as if, oh, you have to be a religious person or a Christian person to appreciate it. Did you write it with the perspective of appealing to a certain demographic? I will say I definitely always use powerful female characters because, I mean, the rule of writing is write what you know. I right. know what it is to be a woman. I know what it is to be a mm -hmm. minority woman. I know, you know, and, and the climate right now, as you know, with women is, you know, we're still struggling in a lot of respects. We struggle for equality with equal pay. We struggle mm -hmm. for 
you know, respect in the workplace and all of the things that are going on. I don't even want to bring up the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, but there's a wave of change right now. And so I definitely do appeal to a female demographic. However, I, I let my husband be my beta reader because he's such a jock. He's such a man's man. And he loved the book because it's full of real sort of grit. There's mm -hmm. violence, there's action, there's adventure. And there's enough of that that a man would absolutely love this book too. Do you think it will accomplish what you're hoping, which is to raise awareness of the issues that you were talking about and have people uh, react to it so that maybe they get involved? I hope so. I, I hope that the way that I concluded the story and the characters' experiences that people sort of feel this call to action within them because we're all capable. You know, each person says, well, what mm -hmm. am I supposed to do with it? And you hope that, you know, someone takes a sponge and wipes it off the, the planet. But we can all be instrumental somehow in doing that. For me, it's being able to increase awareness through writing. To other people, it's through film. To increase to other people, it's creating charities. I hope that somewhere in there, you know, it's not one of those things you think about and feel horrible about and then you sort of go on with your day-to-day, -day, which is what tends to happen. I hope that it's, it sticks somehow, and it that it's there. a call to action somehow. Would you say redemption is huge? Is part of it's the a main huge message? part of this book. The story is, uh, it's a young girl, her name's Amen King. She's a very interesting name, <laughs> being Amen. And she lives with this family that is religious and very pious. And so basically it's her trying to live up to her name and realizing she's falling short. And then a tragedy in her life sort of brings her to a point where um, she has to reach out for her faith because she really doesn't have anything else to cling to. She falls really far from grace and has to redeem herself. Uh -huh. So it, it, redemption is a huge thing in the book. Now there's a book release party coming up on February 24th. Yes, yes. Where is that going to be? It's going to be at the Gospel Cafe and Restaurant in Mississauga. That's 5120 Dixie Road. It's going to be at 7 p.m. It is open to the public, free admission. We have some wonderful guest speakers. We have Cheryl Nimpar who's um, on that television show Here, Pray, Love of Yes TV. We have Sherry San Giorgio, who's going to be doing a musical performance. It's going to be an awesome night, so come on down. You can actually get a signed copy of the book if you and, do. And, and if, they, if you don't go, where yeah. can you get it? Oh, if you don't go? <laughs> <laughs> we still want them to buy the book. Yeah, we still want them to buy the book. They have to come and see me. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon.com uh, now has the Kindle version as well as the paperback version. Um, it will also be on indigo.ca in, uh, I think, another month or so. Right. But right now, Amazon.com, go on and you can get both versions. Is there another part? Is it a trilogy? Oh, boy. You know, I think I deliberately made it end in 2017 to give myself a break. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like there will be. I feel like there will be, but probably not for a couple of years. I'm working on something else right now that's a little more lighthearted. Right. But it seems uh, to me you're the kind of person who would have other messages. Absolutely. And they come to me. I told you I don't use outlines or anything. It just sort of comes to me. And so sometimes I plan to take a break and it doesn't work out because the muse sort of shows <laughs> well, up. Well, you will so. have to come back. But thank you so much for joining us <laughs> thank today. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. This is what she said and we will be right back. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What you're listening to is Full Time by Toronto-based singer-songwriter Tringa. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you were born in Kosovo and fled to Halifax as a refugee in 1999 at the ripe old age of eight. <laughs> and you started training and singing, acting and music to build up your confidence. So tell us about that. Yeah, after coming to Canada with my family, we didn't speak any English and 
I was a bit traumatized from the war, to be honest. So my parents put me in acting and singing classes to make some friends and build up my confidence and learn the language. And then it sort of quickly turned into this passion. And now it's become a career of mine. So yay. Yay, parents. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, you were in the theater and music community in Halifax. Yes. And then you were at Sheridan College's music theater performance program. And, and you say scholarships allowed you to complete your education, which must have been a tremendous benefit to you and your family. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I had done a lot of volunteering and uh, sort of giving back to my community in a way with through the arts while I was living in Halifax during high school. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I was awarded some scholarships that basically allowed me to complete my education in Toronto. And I was even able to do the CAP 21 program in New York um, that Lady Gaga completed and Anne Hathaway and lots of other people. And that was a real uh, challenging but rewarding experience as well. And uh, one that's allowed me to work in Toronto and and use all those skills. Well, you released your debut self-titled EP last year to a sold-out audience at the supermarket in Toronto. How would you describe your sound? I would sort of describe it as uh, Adele meets uh, more of an electronic sound. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I I definitely, you know, you hear the the vocals and... um, some more emotional lyrics and I try to give it a bit of a uh, electronic sort of upbeat vibe and my producers are really an important part of that. I've worked with Sidney Galbraith um, on the EP at Desert Fish Studios and he was awesome. So what's coming up next? Uh, So I'm working on another single in English but I also release music in Albanian in my native language so that's kind of kind of cool to be able to do both. That's great. Um, I'm working on an, an album and doing a show in Toronto hopefully very shortly with some new music. So where can people learn more about you online? All my music is on iTunes. Uh, I've got my Facebook page and all my social media, Instagram at Tringa Rexepi and uh, and Twitter. And I post about all my shows and everything. So You better spell that last name. So Tringa, T-R-I-N-G-A, Rexepi, R-E-X-H-E-P-I. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this is What She Said for this weekend. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. We will be back next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But singing us out now in our live studio sessions, here's Tringa performing Go. I'm restless, breathless, a little bit helpless. Why can't I see what you seem to see in me? I question every promise and I doubt all the reasons you gave for trusting me. I haven't done much right before the first time in no while at least I try You're everything I need But everything I don't deserve I need you to see That I'm only good at making things worse You think
I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.